0: Welcome back to Dirty Chai Chats, a podcast all about sexual health, love, and relationships at Tufts. I'm Gio, one of Tufts' sexual health representatives co coordinators. Today, I'm going to be talking a little bit about love languages. I'm gonna talk through the different love languages, give some examples, and discuss how they interact within relationships. I would like to acknowledge that I use the term we as an overly encompassing word to describe the attitudes and perceptions typically held within society. Secondly, I'd like to acknowledge that when I use the word partner, I use this also to refer to multiple partners and can extend to casual relationships or people who you share a platonic relationship with, like friends. On that note, let's get started. What does love language mean? Dr. Chapman wrote a book called The Five Love Languages in 1992 that continues to impact the way we think and understand the needs of ourself and those around us. The different love languages help to describe the five ways that people express their love and can feel the love of others. I like to think of it as the way in which we perceive and experience this feeling of care and love. However, this topic of love languages often becomes difficult because it's hard for people to identify what their love languages is or to navigate a relationship where someone might have a different way of expressing or receiving love that might be unfamiliar to the other person. The first love language is words of affirmation. This is typically described as showing your love through verbal values and acknowledgements of affection. This can include a lot of I love you's, compliments, gratitude, words of appreciation, verbal encouragement, etc. More specifically, to a Tufts or college student, words of affirmations can look like praising the work of an essay or project that your partner did, such as identifying and highlighting specific accomplishments they have had and acknowledging the hard work they did throughout this process. This can also mean a lot of frequent digital communication like texting and social media engagement. Liking or commenting on someone's social media posts can signal affection. Now, before I continue, I wanna pause for a moment and ask, does this resonate with you? Or on the contrary, does this feel like a superficial feeling of feeling love and affection? Maybe you feel one, or the other, or both ways, or neither. But keeping these questions in mind throughout the other four love languages can help you better understand how you express and receive love. So the second love language is quality time. Quality time can look like going out on dates together, having one-on-one time, making time for the two of you to really just connect. This can also look like grabbing a coffee at the sink or studying together at Tisch Library. And maybe that also means hanging out with their friends and isn't necessarily one-on-one, but sharing a space with them. The third love language is acts of service, which can look like when your partner goes out of their way to make your life easier. So it's little things like bringing you soup when you're not feeling well, offering to drive you to the grocery store. The love language of acts of service can attract people who believe that actions speak louder than words. Attending an important event or helping your partner prepare for an interview or getting them a snack from Hotung because they have a really busy day are also examples of acts of service. So this is unlike those who maybe want words of affirmation as their primary love language, for example, because it illustrates a physical form of appreciation. The fourth love language is gift giving and can be described as giving or receiving thoughtful gifts, small or big, that signals appreciation. It's not necessarily about the monetary value, but rather about the symbolic thought behind the item. For instance, maybe you make them a pair of earrings with beads of their favorite colors at the craft center where supplies are free. Or you buy a sticker from a place you visited that holds sentimental value. It's about the thought and effort that went into those gifts and what makes it ultimately really special. Some other examples can be little notes or poems, love letters. These things don't require monetary transaction, but really thoughtfulness and taking time that is typically communicated through this love language. Lastly, the fifth love language is physical touch and can be expressed and received when physical forms of affection like kissing holding hands, cuddling, and things even like sex are expressed as a form to show love. Now, physical intimacy and touch can really be affirming and serve as both this powerful connection between people and show your love for that person in these types of physical displays of affection. Maybe for you or your partner, that could look like holding hands around campus and cuddling during a movie night with all of your friends. Overall, these five love languages, I think you can argue that it goes back to what you were taught. How are you conditioned? How are you raised? Also, when thinking about all of these love languages, they can change over time and they're not stagnant. Factors like mental and physical well-being can change how you might express and receive love. When thinking about contrasting love languages and applying this into your life, it's important to try and approach conversations with empathy and self-awareness of the expectations you might be unconsciously or maybe even consciously holding for your partner. I would cautiously say that. It's actually really hard to be self-aware of frustrations related to your love language because it's often not talked about and you might not even have the vocabulary to express how you feel. Maybe these concepts are really new and that's something that takes time and practice. I think it's always helpful to sit with these emotions and ask, what doesn't feel good? What does feel good? And where is there an imbalance? So in an instance where you and your partner have a differing type of love language, It's important to bring that to the conversation. For instance, if your love language is quality time, but it's not for your partner, you can say, hey, you know, for me, I feel most loved and appreciated and seen when I spend quality time with you. And I know that you express your love through different ways. However, I'd like to find a balance that works for both of us, something that we can sustain for the long term, and something that leaves both of us feeling loved and appreciated. What are your thoughts? I think leaving the conversation open by ending on what are your thoughts invites your partner into the conversation and is less of a confrontation, but more of a dialogue to work through. In this instance, maybe they respond with something like, well, you know, I feel pressured by the expectations of you wanting to hang out all the time and I don't think I can meet that. Sometimes you wanna spend quality time with me and I know that's your love language, but sometimes I just need my alone time. I wanna make this work for both of us, however, so why don't we make time to see each other once a week? So in this instance, a compromise has been raised And you can ask yourself, do I want to try it? How am I feeling about this compromise? Is this enough? Do I want to push back? Do I feel like I'm willing to try it? So let's say you decide to try once a week. In this instance, a strategy that I would recommend and have found successful in myself and in the lives of my friends is setting a trial period where you have an end date to talk about how things went. This could be like trying to compromise for a month, and once that month is over, you set a date that you and your partner can check back in. However, during that month, you both commit to fully trying this new compromise and are not supposed to revisit it until that trial period is over. Obviously, this might not work for everyone, and I would encourage that if you're not feeling good about something, communication is your best bet and most effective form of conflict resolution. But on the other hand, I think it's important to push ourselves sometimes and keep an open mind about the possibility of something working, even if we had some reluctance. So I went through these dialogues in the scenario as just some examples of how to navigate a relationship where you have a different type of love language. Which ultimately is extremely, extremely difficult and something that no one is an expert in, no matter how great of a communicator you are. Because love languages are how we feel human, it's how we feel loved and appreciated, and those are really important things that make everyday life. Ultimately, it's not just romantic relationships, but it's any type of relationship because having a contrasting love language to someone else can cause conflict. It's really important to be self-aware of your needs because feeling that love and affection really does depend on the needs that you have for yourself and for your partner in that moment. So being aware and being able to communicate your love language openly and clearly are really important factors in facilitating dialogue and a relationship during this time to help mitigate conflict and hopefully get you both on the same page. But beyond this, by understanding your own love language, you can begin to understand the love languages of those around you. And in turn, you can create better relationships with virtually anyone. I hope this episode was helpful in understanding the five love languages better and how to navigate conflict. This is no easy task and it takes a lot of time, so be kind with yourself and those around you. The Dirty Chai Chats team is so excited for this new semester and all the new voices, perspectives, and topics that we have coming up. I would also like to thank Tisch College for awarding Dirty Chai Chats with a civic grant that is helping us expand the scope of this podcast and promote civic engagement around sexual health, love, and relationships at Tufts. With that, thank you for listening, and until next time, stay safe, stay sexy, and most importantly, stay warm.